really? Yeah. I mean, but like, it's terrible that it was like that. I'm not saying there's anything good about it. That's, I'm just saying, like, it was, it was just a thing to do we, back. We then. had a whole other conversation before. <laughs> Welcome to the Totally Walk Podcast. <laughs> well, I'm George Reed. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Wong, and here with my season three co-host. Zachary Green. The Green Machine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's actually wearing a, a a color. You know what? You We'll take a picture of this. I'm wearing a green hat. What is it? What is it like olive green you're wearing? Uh, Forced olive green? I don't know. You think I know colors, man? Oh, yeah. You're colorblind? <laughs> yeah. I wore, I wore green. I, just, I knew it was green. I know that much. <laughs> uh, we are yeah. talking today about... Uh, the death of George Reeves, and a lot of you are probably wondering who's George Reeves. He was the first uh, known live-action Superman. No, no. Well, no, I think God of there was another one. Um, just the radio voice of Superman, but that's it. There wasn't another one, unless there was like a guy who went around in a costume that he. Unless made the guy who did the radio version of it like did like publicity photo shots maybe i think that might be what you're thinking of because i remember back when vhs was still a thing yeah yeah my grandpa had all the superman movies like one through four or no i'm sorry he had one two and four because he i don't know why he didn't like three he just didn't own it because it's garbage <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> for the longest time it was hold on sidetracked after, for the longest time, when I discovered Superman 3, it was on TV, but I didn't know it was Superman 3. I just thought it happened after Quest for Peace. Because I never, he just had Superman, like, on the tape, it was just written Superman 1, Superman 2, Superman Quest for Peace. Yeah. So to me, Quest for Peace was always... Three. Three. And as a kid, you really don't pay attention to the Roman numerals. Well, of course you don't. You don't even know what that is. So it wasn't until I was like, maybe 13, when Superman 3 with Richard Pryor came on TV... And I was just like, what the fuck is this? It's bad. It it was really, really bad. Which and is interesting now that when you think about it, like, Richard Pryor was in Superman 3, and now we find out that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando had a very intense sexual relationship. What? You didn't know that? Okay, we're going to talk about this afterwards, because we <laughs> we have time for that, but I want to hear about this. There's so many... There's wait, so many... wait, wait. They had a sexual relationship? Yeah, like, uh, it was either Richard Pryor's wife or Marlon Brando's wife, like, has, like, revealed in the last year or so. It was like, yes, and uh, M- Marlon and Richard had a very, had a lot of sex with each other. Okay, I'm, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Because I, I, I don't like to talk about things I fully don't know the facts on. Either way. So. What are the facts? Back to the, back to the VHS my grandpa had of all the Superman movies. So he had... One, uh, one, two, Quest for Peace, and then he had, like, this documentary that was hosted by Dana Carvey. Oh, what? Yeah, it was a documentary on Superman, but it was set in the world almost like if Sorry. Superman was real. And I remember, like, there's these henchmen at a table talking, like, man, all the money we wasted on bullets, we could have opened uh, up a business and, go, and gone legit or something like that. True. And uh, they were talking about, like, you know, all the iterations of Superman leading up to the movies. Yeah. And, um... They even had that one cosplayer that died a while back. I want to say it's either Christopher Dennis or Dennis Christopher. Some it's either one it's of either them. or. Well, one of them's an actor. That's why I'm trying not to like confuse the names. Yeah, but he. It's Christopher Dennis is the actor. That's because that's the guy that was in the It miniseries. Yeah. and Fate to Black. Yeah. So maybe it's Christopher Dennis. 
It's Dennis Christopher. You know, I, I follow him on Facebook or Instagram. I just look it up. Look it up. It's Christopher Dennis. Who's the actor? No, Christopher Dennis is the uh, cosplayer, and he was he was on uh, he used to be like right outside the Sunset Strip or the Chinese Theater. Oh, the guy. Yeah, so remember, like, you've seen, like, videos. There's always, like, cosplayers out there. Yeah, there's guys who go in costumes, and you can take pictures of them, and, like, you tip them, like, five bucks or something like that. Yeah, well, he was, like, a really well-known. So, wait a minute. Yeah, Dennis Christopher is the actor from It and Fade to Black. Man, that's why I'm... All these two first names. Yeah, I'm... People uh, listening, if you're having children... And your last name is a first name. Figure out something that doesn't like confuse people. Make if your last name's a first name, give him a last name. Yeah, honestly, like that'd be pretty cool. Like, just switch it. Like my name is a, like a, like the last name is Christopher. Just be like Woods. Woods Christopher. Yeah, just switch it. Um, yeah, he was in that documentary, and it was all it was like a fake mockumentary in a fake. And, yeah. Well, they talked about this other guy who was dressed up as Superman, but I think it was before George Reeves. So he might have done the voiceover and then he just yeah, did. It's promotional because I don't think there was a live action one before that, unless well, he just did like parties and shit. But George Reeves, for a lot of people, was the main. I think was it. He was the only Superman for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so George Reeves was found dead June 16th, 1959. Uh, he was born George. Kiefer Brewer, uh, January 5th, 1914. An arguably cooler name. Kiefer Brewer? I, I, I kind of think it is, honestly. Name's Kiefer Brewer and I'm new in town. Like, he could have just dropped the George. Yeah. Kiefer Brewer. That's sick. I like it. You know what? A name like that's before it's time, because then we got Kiefer Sutherland. So yeah. how many other Kiefers do you know? Oh, speaking of people... Uh, speaking of uh, George Reeves, there's a guy who plays uh, Ben Affleck, the guy who plays him in a Hollywoodland movie. Man, Ben Affleck is like so sad. He's just like the saddest guy. There's like every, and every year, it, without fail, there's a picture of him just like living a very like sad existence. That's why he's not doing Batman anymore. Yeah. That's why people respect his decision to not continue because it drove him to be an alcoholic and, you know, a lot of fans, as much as they loved his portrayal, they're like, "Well, mental health comes first. Yeah. So. Well, also, he's just—he was an alcoholic before he did Batman, but it made it worse. And then his gambling problem got got pronounced. But anyway, January first. Oh, I saw that him holding all the coffee and just <laughs> dropping it. Oh, poor Ben. <laughs> oh, come on, Ben. Just, just stay uh, inside, man. So George Kiefer Brewer at this time, his father walked out, and his mother remarried a man named Frank Besselow, who adopted him. Right. To which he then changed his name to uh, George Besselow. Um, in high school, he really loved acting and boxing. So he was fit. and I mean, in good shape. Uh, I guess he was trying to have a professional boxing career, and his mother kind of talked him out of it, as mothers do. Yeah, of course. You know, right? It's understandable. Nobody wants their son to get the shit kicked out of them all the time. I don't know. When I was in boxing, my parents didn't give a shit. I mean, maybe it's because I had headgear on because they were amateur bouts. Yeah, it's amateur bouts. And they're like, okay, well, as long as he's got something covering his head. So, I mean, unless I only got my face messed up on the second fight. And people, just before you make any jokes, his mother loves him very much. I, I know. Well, that's what she tells people. Well, she likes me more, though. Probably. <laughs> uh, 
so he pursued acting uh, in the Pasadena Playhouse. Um, and in 1939, he got his big break, well, which is considered as a big break. He played a character called, I might have written this down wrong, uh, Stuart... I can't read my own fucking handwriting again. <laughs> Stuart Tart Tartlin? You need a secretary. I do. Well, I, you know what it is? When I'm at work, I write notes down really quick because I don't want to get caught writing notes. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We'll just call him Stuart. Stuart. He played Stuart in the opening scene of Gone with the Wind. Yes, he did. I, you know, I've never seen Gone with the Wind. It's wait what? I've never seen it. You're I like know the movie I, guy. I, yeah, but it doesn't mean I watch Gone with the Wind. Uh, how you not watch Gone with the Wind? It's because you like Carol Burnett, don't you? Not really. Oh my god, who? who I've are seen you? some of her sketches. She's in that. She they like her one of her famous sketches is making fun of like oh okay the Gone with the Wind scene. You know what? You're right because my fiance is uh, I could have sworn my my soon to be um parent uh in-laws made uh for halloween dressed up as like a gone from the wind skit from carol burnett yeah with the with the drapes burnett. yeah that they, they went as that for halloween that's one year. awesome um <laughs> well after, yeah he was the uh that was yeah, him no, I, i've never seen it you know, you, it's like a four-hour fucking movie yeah man. like I'm, movies used to be long as hell dude i growing up my old-fashioned movies were always like chaplin well yeah Universal monster movies. If it had Boris Karloff, I watched it. Of course. You know, that, that's what I grew up with. I never watched Gone with the Wind. I, w- I watched a lot of Turner Classic movies with my mom as a kid, so, I mean, eventually it comes out. I mean, I, it's just never... Anything that's, like, Civil War-ish just never... We re- gotta watch it. It's good. Yes, well, you and me together, we'll, we'll watch it. I don't, do you think that sounds weird? I don't think that sounds weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shortly after this, he changed his name to George Reeves. Now... He had a bunch of other movie roles, but I guess just the way production was. He did a bunch of other movies at small parts, but I guess it was one of those things where he did Gone with the Wind first he filmed it, yeah. but because production took so long, it came out like after all these small movie roles he did. Yeah. He he had a he had a really tough time I from what I know, he had a tough time beginning landing lead roles even in the beginning of his career. And then, once he eventually became Superman, uh, who, uh, after you're Superman, what else are you? Uh, I mean, other than Henry Cavill being the Witcher and being just awesome at everything. And also the mustache guy in uh, Mission Impossible. I don't remember the guy's name, but he's Mustache Man. Well, I remember there was like a big thing. of People were afraid of like the Superman curse. Yeah. But it really only affected George Reeves and Christopher Reeve. So yeah, Dean Kane's fine. Dean Kane, I mean, career-wise, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> so it's either gonna, you know, cripple you, kill you, or kill your career. I mean, Brandon Routh had a hard time for a while, but I mean, yeah, I think he's doing good. I think that's other reasons. So I think people didn't like Brandon Routh. Just I like, like Brandon Routh. I like him, but people don't like him as a like. I don't think casters like him as like anything but either handsome rom-com lead or. Uh, he did good in CW. Weird nerdy guy. He did good in CW, though. He did really well. He seems like he really is a nerd, though. So, I, I, I mean, look at Joe Maganello. He's a nerd. Yeah, he's an, oh, 100% a nerd. Um, so, he met and married, uh, out of all the women in his life that we're going to cover, he was only married once, and that was to uh, Eleonora Needles. Yes. Uh, and this time, he started doing a bunch of roles for WB. 
and shortly after that, in 1943, at the age of 29, he was drafted into the U.S. Army Air Force. Yeah, that, I do remember that part, too. And I think he was even, there was like an acting program in the Army. Yeah, for like uh, war propaganda stuff. Pretty much what Captain America did in World yeah. War II. <laughs> the, oh, God, I love that movie. I'm going to watch that one. It's on, it's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, you can, uh, $15 a month. They don't, Disney Plus doesn't have all of them, though. They don't have all the movies. Yeah. Oh, they don't have the Spider-Man movies. Yet. I don't think they're going to get them. I believe it's something. I mean, Disney has enough money to buy. So, uh, sh- so. so shortly after this, he <laughs> short, shortly after he got back from the army, he divorced uh, Eleanor Needles. And um, nineteen fifty one, things changed for his life. Uh, the biggest change in his life, he got cast as Superman and Superman and the Mole Man. Yeah, Mole Men, Mole Mole Men, like Hans Moleman. Um. So. I guess it was like a, it was like the first live. I guess this was considered the first live. Yeah, this action. is the first like so maybe, live action, like Superman production. Because I don't think he was ever replaced as Superman. No, on this. So the other guy must have been publicity. Yeah, right? it was a, like a publicity photo. But this is like the first like moving pictures, Superman. Did you now? Did you ever watch the George Reeves series? I watched a couple of them. It's not terrible. I I never watched those, but I watched the cartoons. Yeah. Did he voice the cartoons? No, he did not. It was, I know the cartoons are almost the same damn thing. Like it's him standing as Clark Kent, and then it like fades to him yeah, doing the same pose as it's Superman. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I believe the cartoons aired almost simultaneously with the show, so it's like, well, kids who can't watch the show can watch the cartoons, kind of deal. Cartoon. I remember the cartoons are short though. They're like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, put them in between movies and stuff like that. Like, getting like fillers. Movie yes, movie trailers and stuff like that. I don't really know how TV time slots worked back then. If they had oh, like I have a no idea. I don't know if the fifties had like a TV guide schedule. Like oh, like you know where everything was like half hour on the dot, or they just kind of no. The TV guide was like very much like the Bible of finding out when something was on. Yeah, but in the fifties, I don't know. Yeah, that was well, really like the fifties, yeah, it, it was a thing. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure the the studios themselves had like a like their own schedule, but I don't think it was like a known. No, because and how else were you gonna know when something was coming on? Well, yeah, I'm just saying though, I don't think everything was like seven thirty on the dot, six thirty on the dot, kind of like I don't know. I know back then there's like what four fucking stations. <laughs> yeah, there's only like three or four. You same bat time, same bat channel. You want to know how old we are now? We're like the last generation to remember when, at a certain time, TV stations went to, like, dun, 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 dun. this is the end of the broadcast. I remember back in the, maybe like 2001, that's when that started the stop. And then there was like, when I had basic cable, there was a, a station, it was like a Chinese station. And then it would switch, even you hear dun, 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 with the American flag, and then it would cut over to like a bootleg version yeah. of a, uh, MTV2. Yeah. And I used to watch Celebrity Deathmatch. Ah, oh, Celebrity Deathmatch was the shit. Why are we talking about this? We're supposed to be talking about George Reeves. True. I this, can sidetrack. This, this season of me being a co host has led to a lot of uh, tangential conversations. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Well, uh, now, as desperate as he needed to work, uh, George Reeves was kind of hesitant about uh, TV. Yeah. 
Because I think about now, TV now is a huge thing for for celebrities. Oh yeah, even well, I mean, it, it can well depends. It depends if you're. It's so like uh, Alec Baldwin made this joke on Thirty Rock when he was like, "You could be the biggest actor of all time, but you go on to television, and your career is over. You'll be nothing but the TV man." You know what though? I feel like TV series now has a way of taking maybe a celebrity whose career has been known as over. Yeah. Cause and look, reshaping it. Uh, look what it did to Winona Ryder. People forgot about her until Stranger Things. Yeah. She really hasn't done anything else other than Stranger Things, but... She doesn't really need to. She's getting paid a lot for that show. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what other celebrities were brought back from TV. I mean, here's the thing. I can't think off the bat. Well, it's because the te- it's because television's changing. Uh, back in the, when it started, it was just this thing that... It was an experiment, almost. It was always like a sitcom or some... Well, that and like... Soap opera shit. And, and it was... Like I said, it's an experiment. It wasn't... It was, especially in the 50s, it wasn't... Not everybody had a television back exactly. then. Exactly. So viewers were... Sparse. Or either... You had, you had a very specific demographic. Rich folk. And children who... And, and housewives. So, of course, soap operas and serials that were all originally on the radio transferred over to television. And they're immediately popular because these housewives are already listening to these soap operas, but now they can watch them. I guess you can kind of compare it to when films went from silent to talking because yeah. it's a transition that a lot of people don't want to jump into. Like, And not only then, TV ratings back then were probably a lot different because... Oh, I don't know how they tracked them back in the 50s. Uh, surveys off a of TV guide. Well, oh, maybe TV guide was around. Yeah. I never... I didn't look up my TV guide history. It's and I mean, they, they did have like... A, like you said, people turn in surveys. It's kind of like, uh, for those of you nerdy listeners out there, <laughs> like manga and comic books where they like learn, there's like popularity polls and stuff like that and they mm. want to hear feedback. And then people would send letters to television stations all the time and be like, I really enjoyed when Matlock uh, solved the crime in 30 minutes instead of 28. <laughs> and TV back then, like you, you know, there was usually just one TV per house. So if... You know, your parents don't want to watch Superman. Oh, yeah, you're not watching Superman. I remember I used to, you know how many times I got stuck watching the nanny, Golden Girls, Columbo, oh, Murder, She Wrote? Duck. Well, now great. I appreciate it. Like, now I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit. You know I like the Golden Girls. Yeah. I mean, I, there were times when I thought I was getting stuck watching something, but then, like... As I, you get older, you As like, I got older, I was just like, yeah, this is just... I'm just watching whatever I, my mom's watching. Like well, I said, I've gone with the wind. <laughs> How else did I watch Gone with the Wind unless my mom sat me down and made me watch it? So, uh, he wasn't really happy about uh, doing TV at all. And I know they said, like, the contracts made it hard for the actors to do other commitments. Because yeah. it. I know they worked for, like, 12 weeks at a time. But then the contract would... They only had, like, four weeks notice when they were going to go film again. Yeah. The season. And not only that, but... I mean, back in the day, film studios were almost like the mafia. Oh, dude. We're going to get into that. Yeah. We're definitely going to get into that. So, um, now, as much as he didn't really like the idea of being a TV star, he took Superman very seriously. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, You know, maybe off screen with the cast members, he joked about wearing, like, pajamas. and I think he called the Superman suit a monkey suit. Yeah, he did. But... I have to respect the guy because even though he didn't like doing the role, he understood that Superman was a role model for children. Yeah. And they said on his own, he quit smoking and he quit drinking in public or something like that. Yeah, he didn't drink in public. Um, which was challenging because he was a known drinker. He was an alcoholic. Yeah, I think everyone was. 
Um, yeah. He for the longest time he would go and uh, you know meet kids dressed up as Superman, and he yeah. stopped it for one reason. I heard this on another podcast, and I don't know how true it is, and no one really believes it's true because it's like a story supposedly he would tell people why he stopped wearing the suit. But supposedly when a kid was in line to meet him, he brought his dad's gun yeah, to try and shoot him. That is true. And instead of like freaking out, be like, security, he kind of like talked the kid like yeah. how Superman would. There, it's in the uh, Hollywood Land movie, and Ben Affleck, it's one of the Oh, best. is it? Yeah, it is. So Ben Affleck, it's Ben. One of Ben Affleck's like really good scenes. This kid, so the kid does bring a gun, and it's true that he talked him down. He's like, "Look, just because I can, just because I can deflect bullets, doesn't mean you can just go around shooting people. Guns are dangerous. What if that gun had went off and I wasn't here to stop the bullet from hitting somebody?" And the kid was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no." And he, if if that really did happen, that. that I tip my hat to him because he could have been like a typical Hollywood asshole and just call security and then that kid be in prison and or even, you know, embarrass the shit out of that kid and emotionally scar that kid for life. Yeah. So he handled that well. Yeah. And I mean, now I, I mean, that would never probably happen <laughs> at meet and greets. No, I, now everybody's got metal detectors for everything. Because but, pe- crazy people with guns show up everywhere. What he what he started to do though is at the end of each season he would mail Superman. Like he would cut the S out of the costumes and mail it to the kids in hospitals. That's so dope. So you know, I don't know. Bless that guy. If he if if that's true, bless that man. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. He stepped. He stepped showing up. <laughs> I don't yeah. blame him. No, I wouldn't go to him anymore. He he would just tell people he's in his Clark Kent disguise. Yeah, uh, and another thing, I think after a while, didn't his body? It's it's and this happened to a lot of actors in old Hollywood and old television uh, that did wire work. I think that, didn't he get a like a back a se- severe back injury from doing it? Pretty sure everyone does. Yeah, at least back in the day, we don't. They didn't have like comfortable. Well, like um, that's wires. what happened to the first Darren in uh, Bewitched. You know how there's there's two oh, different yeah, yeah. Darrens. You well, the watch that show. How long? So the first Darren, uh, they were do, like I think it was a, like second season. They did an episode where he was like again. He was, is that he, is that why he got switched switched out? Yeah, he got he got uh, did some some crazy wire work, and then he was like in the hospital like severe back pain injury, and then he got addicted to painkillers, and then he died. That happens a lot though. Like, yeah. A lot back in old Hollywood, a lot of people would get like hurt doing something, and then they're on painkillers, and that starts their addiction. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, eventually, this is a very well-known thing. It's even in the movie uh, Hollywood Land because mm-hmm. Diane Lane plays her. Yeah. Uh, he had an affair with Tony Mannix. Yeah. Who was the uh, wife of Eddie Mannix, who was a, like a big producer or. He has a tie to MGM. I don't know if he was like a CEO of MGM. He was a CFO, I thought. What's a CFO? Chief Financial Officer. Oh, I thought you were like... Okay. I didn't know like a CFO was a real thing. I thought you... I thought hey, you, you thought I was fucking with you? I thought you said it wrong and I was just teasing you. Nah, that's my job to do. You, you say... You mess up words and I, I goofily come in and I'll be like... Ah. Well, Eddie Mannix was rumored to have mafia ties. Oh, yeah. Um, which is fu- not funny, uh, but to say, but he, funny. there's a rumor that he had his first wife killed because Tony, 
was originally his mistress. Yeah, I thought it was his secreta- secretary. Secretary or something like that. Well, mistress is. Well, like, there were, you know, that's usually what happens back in the day. Your secretary becomes your mistress, becomes your second wife, well, becomes your, you know, second ex-wife. She's having an affair with George Reeves, and he is a George or Eddie Mannix is okay with it. Yeah, he was. Isn't I think that it, crazy. I think it had a lot to do with the age difference, though, because he was so old compared to Tony. Yeah. That. And he already knew that he was, I mean, he was having affairs too. Yeah. So I think they'd rather just sleep around than have a divorce. They were swinging. Yeah, they're basically swinging because I, to them, I guess maybe they didn't want to get a divorce for yeah. religious reasons. Well, I mean, if you, you go so far, why not? Why like people are always why not divorce him? That's why God wouldn't want you to divorce him. So I gotta kill her. And she she was older than than George Reeves was yeah, too. Yeah, she was. And she she was a sugar mom. She bought she bought him the house that's on uh, the, the his mansion that was on fifteen seventy nine Benedict Canyon Drive north of uh, Sunset. Isn't that Boulevard. weird that we can just know where some celebrities live? And that makes me so uncomfortable. Well, I read a lot of books. That's how I know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you look up, like, uh, I hate that this is the first one that pops in my head. Look up Jake Paul's house. You can fucking find it. People find his house all the time. Remember, like, before you had to be, like, listed or unlisted, and now it's just like, everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows where you were at. I think that's why they have so many different houses now, just so you take a gamble. Yeah, you, you're rolling the dice. Well, it's like the Malcolm in the Middle house. Or the Breaking Bad house, the guy like who brought the who bought the Breaking Bad house, they had to like get a like they had to get gates and shit like that. Well, think about Chicago with the Shameless house, the Gallagher house from Shameless. Yeah, they're like police officers that are like constantly in the corner making sure people don't go near it. No, you can go up there and take photos. You they, can go up. They, like, they 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 just ask you just make like a certain yeah. area by it. Um. So Tony Maddox was known to be uh, possessive and jealous. And, and that's kind of creepy. Uh, the age difference was so different between them. He would call her Ma, and she would call him the boy. Yeah, that's a little weird. And she was always worried that he was going to leave her for someone younger. And eventually that that, that happened because he uh, met, in 1958, he met Lenora Lemon. Liz Lemon? Where do you get Liz from Lenora? Liz Lemon is uh, 30 Rock. That's Tina Fey's character's name in 30 Rock. Have never, you seen 30 I, I Rock? I never watched 30 Rock. 30 Rock is great. It's on Netflix. You should I, I've it. seen memes, but that's about it. Oh, you know, it's probably not on Netflix anymore. It's probably on Peacock. Well, Lenora Lemon was known as a fireball. Uh, she had mafia connections. Gotta and love it. She was a, a gold digger and a party girl. And... Uh, when he broke the news to Tony Mannix, she was humiliated and pissed off because he he meets Lenore Lemon, moves her into the house that Tony Mannix bought. bought. Yeah, slap in the fucking face. That's a that's a power move right there. Mm. I mean, I mean, maybe he realized that this affair with Tony Mannix couldn't really go anywhere because they were still technically married. Yeah, I mean, it's just you gotta the heart wants what it wants, and if it wants to be married, but to can't get married then you gotta get married somewhere else well, and, and then no one liked Lenora Lemon like like he stopped seeing his friends because his friends didn't like her oh you mean Tony Maddox no uh, George Reeves his friends did not like Lenora Lemon really because she was like a party girl she was a oh, yeah. 
loudmouth firecracker with mafia connections, don't they all? Ah, gotta love mafia. Um, now, around 1959, a year later, he started receiving threatening phone calls. Uh, saying that he was gonna die, people were gonna kill him. Uh, Fantastic. That's like right out of a fucking movie. Yeah. But I guess, you know... How else were you gonna tell somebody? Send a letter? Old Hollywood, I guess. You know, it's funny to think of it as old Hollywood, because it was only 59. To me, old Hollywood's like in the 20s and 30s, but I guess right now anything's old. Um, yeah. He was getting threatening phone calls. His dog was kidnapped. Or oh, dog kidnapped. Uh, and he almost was killed three separate occasions. Uh, one time, uh, he was driving. He was almost crushed between two trucks. Wow. Another time, he was hit, almost hit by a, uh, a speeding car that came in head on. And the third time, which is the most sus, is his brake fluid was drained. Oh my god, that's that's when you're like, okay, I gotta stop dating you, Lenora. Get the hell out of my house. I okay, but here's the thing, he automatically jumped to like, it's gotta be Tony Mannix. So he called the cops, and the cops were like, well, do you have anyone in mind who you think would do this? And he was like, yeah, Tony Mannix, because she's pissed off because I dumped her ass, <laughs> and. And then she claimed she was getting threatening phone calls, too. Huh. So, who's doing it? So, the night uh, he died... Well, it's not jumped to the night he died. So, he had this joke, apparently. He used to play with party guests. I don't really think it's the, the joke that would go over well today, but he would have a gun with blanks, and he would pretend to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. Um, also, anyone listening, don't do that at all, because, no, uh, even if you fire a blank at your head, pressurized air still comes out Yep. at the rate where it will blow your skull. So, uh, I think they were saying like the, the safest way he had to do it was, uh, 18 inches away. Yeah. Don't try to 18 inches away either. Don't do any of it. Yeah. Don't do any of this. Don't, don't be like what George Reeves did. Because it this this joke thing kind of plays into his demise, um, so that was a fact I heard was that he used to pretend to shoot himself. I don't know if it's because he was Superman and he was trying to like yeah I'm invincible. Uh, I, it, it's a sick joke. It's a sick joke. It's pretty messed up. But at this point in his life, though, his life was seeming to get back together. Yeah, he had a he had just gotten. I think he had just gotten a role, didn't he? Well, uh, he had just gotten engaged to Lenore, mm-hmm. and uh, they were gonna go either to like Spain or Australia or something Ooh, like that for their honeymoon. Spain. Um, he had a boxing match planned with Archie Moore in the works. Uh, he had a new movie deal, and uh, he was actually planning to return to Superman. Hmm. And I think he was gonna get like a bigger pay. Wow. Pay raise, but I remember he. Uh, he thought that it was going to be like, he was too old. Because I think he was already like 40-something at the time. Yeah, he was. He was the oldest actor to play Superman. But I get, you know, back in the late late 50s and 60s, everybody looked like they were like in their 40s when they were in their oh, 20s. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. And we talked about that in another episode. So, the day of his death, there are certain rumors of what went down. Yeah. One rumor is that he was out to dinner with Lenore, and they were overheard uh, arguing at the dinner table at the restaurant and he wanted to end the engagement okay that was one rumor and there was a friend with 
supposedly I forgot his name. It might have been like Richard Moore or something like that. Hmm. Uh, I forgot to write it down. My bad. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Uh, one uh, incident was claiming that they went to a, uh, Lenore was claiming they went to a wrestling match, and they saw one of their their friends that was wrestling, but he didn't. The friend who they claimed to see denied it. Like hmm. I wasn't even wrestling that day. Um. And then the other rumor is they were at home having dinner with a friend over. And I forgot the friend's name. Um, now, after in the, uh, they were getting ready to go to bed, and around midnight, uh, some people came over, some neighbors, and uh, they wanted to have a party. And he was kind of pissed off, as I would too, <laughs> at midnight. If I'm in my pajamas, I'm done for the day, you know? Oh, 100%. Uh, I've had people ask me to come out at 8 o'clock at night, and I'm like, uh, my Batman pajamas are on. No. <laughs> well, in his case, he's Superman pajamas. Well, he uh, went down to the party, made a big fit, as I would too. Yeah. And a very well, I would do it very passive aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they said he had a, a couple cocktails and went upstairs. Um. Now this is something that was a story or a rumor that was I don't know. Apparently, when he walked back up, Lenore was making a joke. Oh, he's going upstairs to get his gun and shoot himself in the head. Or pretend to shoot himself in the head. And then they heard the gunshot. And then um, one of their friends, William Bliss, ran upstairs and found him sitting on his bed naked with a thirty-five Luger pistol. And uh, he was dead. Yep. Now, another rumor is supposedly Lenore was up there arguing with him and she came downstairs after the gunshot and said i was never up here and she was telling them she was never up there because guess what after they found him dead the cops weren't called for 45 minutes really yeah well that's a murder (laughs) um well she did it she did it folks that's it no but uh there were five gunshots and the, they found in the room. They don't know. They don't know if it was from. Uh, so they found five shell casings. Yeah, but they only heard one shot. Apparently, well, so the story goes. So apparently, Lenore Lemon had told uh, authorities that the gun went off by her another time at a separate time where she was using the gun and it went off. Yeah. But the thing is, this was a gun he had blanks in. Yeah. So, why would there be five shots from a gun that had blanks? Unless someone put bullets in there. Right, exactly. Um, now, this happened between 1.30 to 2 a.m. Um, now, the gu- the shell was found under the body. And a bullet. the bullet was in the ceiling. That is, I mean, that is pretty consistent with the suicide well, apparently the Luger shoots the shell casing out a certain way, so it should have actually shot out in front of him. Really? And he was shot in the right temple. Now, he was right-handed, or, yeah, he was right-handed, but they said uh, from one of the car accidents or something like that he was in, he fractured his hand that was still healing, that hmm. he wouldn't have been able to... Pull the trigger with yeah. his right hand, so... And there's no gunpowder burns on his head. You know, and uh, they said it would have had to been like 18 inches away <laughs> if he was trying, I guess, if he was trying to do 
if he was trying to kill himself, it would have had to at least been 18 inches away because whatever recoil any further away would have missed his head more than likely. Well, here's the thing I that, that, that I question is if he was doing this as a prank, that like that's his thing, like to prank shoot himself. Bro, in the head. why were you naked? Exactly. Why were you naked? And what's the point of doing it if no one's there? Right. Exactly. One hundred percent. He definitely. This. It's very suspicious. Unless it had no prints either. No prints on it. Because the gun. They said it was so freshly oiled that it left no prints. And he had no gunpowder residue on his hand. Which means he didn't kill himself. Well, here's the thing. His body was embalmed before they can even do a full autopsy. He was cremated before they can even do a full investigation. Uh, so this sounds a lot like he was either tortured, then killed. Okay. So no one took prints. They didn't take any crime scene photos. And they let Lenora clean the sheets. Why? What is with all these... It was a, it was a botched investigation. What is what? Why are there so many botched police investigations? It almost sounds like police should be going to school before they become police. Well, officers. eventually, the, uh, I think they brought in like a private detective. And I think in the movie, it's Adrian Brody. It is Adrian Brody, yeah. And I th- to me, anytime a body is embalmed or cremated before they can actually do a full blown investigation. It's kind of insane. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a significant. It's 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 a sign of foul play. Because I could be wrong on this. I, I got to look and investigate into it a little bit more. When John Walsh uh, from America's Most Wanted, when his son Adam Walsh was murdered, if I'm correct, because the investigation was ongoing for so long, they didn't even get his remains for years and years. Yeah, they, they buried an empty coffin until they closed the case. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You don't. You're not gonna. If you're investigating what is at this point an un an undetermined cause of death because you haven't determined officially that it was suicide because no autopsy's been done. Well, wasn't Lenore because they were going to he wanted to end the marriage. It's not like she would gain anything out of... Like, if they were not married, it's not like she's going to get everything. No, she's not. There's not much to gain. He hasn't done his... He hasn't he's divorced. His... Technically, he wasn't even legally... You know, even Eleanor Needles wouldn't get anything. And he he and Lenore weren't actually married, were they yet? No, they were just engaged, so she so wouldn't get shit. He wanted... Probably more than likely, he wanted... It. This seems... If anything, it's probably crime of passion. She, she, uh, she got him out. She took him out. Well, out of being upset. They claim that they didn't even call the cops for so long because they were all shit-faced. Hmm. And they said when they were investigating or when they were interrogating them, they had a hard time getting answers out of them because how drunk they were. Because how drunk they were. You know, that's it's just this is just a botched investigation, period. You know what I mean? Now, people think it... A lot of people think it was Tony Mannix hmm. um, because she was bitter about the whole thing, but... There's a lot of people that think maybe, like, uh, Eddie Mannix had it set up because, like, oh, well, you broke my wife's heart, you bastard. And I mean, if you're going to make it look like a suicide, strip the dude naked. A lot of people commit suicide naked. Well, a theory is they believe if he was murdered that maybe someone put bullets in his blank gun. Hmm. So... It's almost like something you would do in the Hitman games. Yeah. 
Actually, I think that is something that happens in the Hitman game. It is something in the happens. Opera House yeah. where the, they're doing the play. You actually have to sneak in and put bullets into the gun. So when he shoots the dude, he actually kills him. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the missions in Hitman. I you know it's an it's an odd one. I, if anything, there's there's I from I there's two things two or three scenarios that I could really just like point out. One, he did kill himself. Yeah. Took off his clothes. He was just But he had upset. a lot going for himself at the same time. But, like, that happens a lot, though. A lot of people who commit suicide seem like they're fine. Or even True. have, like, a lot of good things going. Uh, pers- I personally know somebody who I talked to the day before they killed themselves who was, like, starting a business and, like, had everything going. And then, next thing you know, they were just gone. And it's like, huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, like, another thing, Lenore did it. They were having an argument. He was... Well, uh, he wanted if, to go to bed. If one of the rumors was she was saying, I was never up here. Yeah. If that's true, lock her... Well, I don't think... I know. She's, she's dead. Yeah, that's what I said. Pretty sure. <laughs> she's dead, Eric. I mean, lock up her corpse? Technically, it's already locked up. It's underground. Yeah, I don't know what you do at that point. That's maximum security, baby. Um, uh, <laughs> could have been the Mannixes. I, you know... It, Eddie was uh, mafia ties. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's lots of hitmen out there. Uh, he was known in Hollywood. If you wanted something done, he would get it done. So I mean, that's those are the three things. Somebody, somebody, it was a hit. It was a hit job, and they waited until he got upstairs. He was getting, and again, he wanted to go to bed. He was tired. He didn't mm-hmm. want to really go. In. He just done like an appearance, and then he was getting changed to go to his pajamas. That might be why Lenore. Why she he came naked. and you fucking embarrassed me and. Yeah, and what? And he's like, "Well, I don't even think I want to be with you anymore." Bam, bam, dead. True. And also, you can't really rely on the testimony of drunk people because their perception of things is going to be askew. They probably only remember hearing one shot. That or they all got maybe maybe they weren't that drunk, and then after it happened, they all took got that, spooked. Took that forty-five minutes to get drunk. Yeah when the cops showed up and you know if somebody comes downstairs and says i was never up there i'm thinking she's gonna kill me too if i say something and she's got mafia ties i don't see i i don't know who to point the finger at i really don't because capitalism (laughs) it seems (laughs) it seems like it could have been lenore because she was there you have two different stories yeah one scene where she's like oh he's gonna grab the gun and shoot himself how do you know that or maybe she knew someone was going to kill him. Yeah, maybe. She was known to have mafia ties. She was known to have mafia ties, but then she gets nothing out of it if he's dead. Yeah. Again, crime of passion, argument. Coming she... all fucking three of them. Or, yeah. I could see an argument happening where she goes, and, yo, wow, you know what are you going to do? Pretend to shoot yourself? Wow. <laughs> With the blanks. Bam, bam, bam. Boom. Real bullet. Yeah. You know, he was also known he, that he played Russian roulette a lot. Yeah, no one wins in Russian roulette. No, everybody fucking loses. Are you kidding me? Why would anybody with a brain play Russian roulette? All right. So if we're gonna end this episode, I want to know out of the three suspects, who do you? Th- well, to actually, to me, Tony and Eddie Maddox are like one. They're one suspect. Yeah. Unless Eddie did it without Tony knowing, or Eddie was so upset that you know that. George broke uh, broke his wife's heart. 
that right, he if you, if you were to point a it, finger at one of them, who would it be? Lenore. It's the most. It's it's the one that makes the most sense in terms of just the timeline of things happening. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like you want to point a finger at the Manaxes just because they're known for... And it seems more interesting. But at the same time, he was getting death threats prior. True, but from who? Exactly. Was it somebody who was upset that he was with Lenore? Was it somebody in the Mafia who loved Lenore, wanted Lenore to be his, and would get rid of anybody who she was with? I guess that's why they call it a mystery. It is a mystery. Yeah. This is an interesting mystery too, and I, I mean, I'd love to solve it, but I'm not. I don't have the time or see I, resources I, to do that. I remember hearing this this mystery like when I was a kid. And they told me like, yeah, he would do. Uh, I, think I that, went on a deep dive when I saw Hollywoodland. I'm like, who did kill him? Oh, well, they got all this. No, see, I knew about this long before. I had forgotten about it. I knew about this when I was a kid that that uh, he. I don't think I knew about the mystery behind it, but I do know my parents telling me, or my grandpa told me, like, oh, yeah, he, he died. He was shot. Yeah. So I knew he was dead, and I, but I never knew about the suicide murder mystery. I think it, w- it has been classified as a homicide, though. Yeah, it has been classified as a homicide. Um, there's the two most likely possibilities for me are, are Lenore, or he did kill himself. He was, but on accident. But the thing is, they found no traces of possible suicide, really. Yeah. The shell casing, they said, should have shot out forward because it shoots out to the right. Yeah. Now, if he was holding it and it shot out to the left, I can see it popping up behind him. But the thirty Luger... Pops out to the right. Yeah, so it would shot out in front of him. If you... So... How does the casing get behind him? You should... I don't know. Exactly. Somebody... Again, some... then again, that makes no sense because even if someone was standing on the side of him, oh, Lenore did it. They're arguing. He's getting undressed so he can go to bed. He's but... facing the bed. He's facing the bed. She shoots him. Well, he's sitting on the bed though, unless the body was moved. But and the body was moved. But they said he was sitting on the bed, so his feet were on the ground. And he was back on the bed, so he was shot in the right. That's the easiest way to move a body. Flip it over. You could look, I guess. Maybe maybe he was face she down. Washed, and... She washed the sheets too, right? Mm. Yeah. So maybe he was face down. And there's no crime scene photos. and So, none of... so okay, I get what you're saying. So he's facing the bed. Yeah, he's taking his clothes she off. She shoots him on the right side. So since she's on that side, and she's it projects out onto the bed. And, and she's she... noticeably shorter than him. Yeah. So it, the bullet... Casing would shoot out onto the bed. He falls over on the bed, and all she does is flip him on his over, back. And then ha- that's how he lands on and, the... And that way, it looks like he was sitting on the bed and shot himself in the head. I was never up there. I think we solved this, guys. All <laughs> right, well, uh, give me the money, please, uh, somebody. I won. <laughs> um, who do you guys think uh, killed George Reeves? Or uh... I bet you guys think it was Lenore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all these uh, suspects are dead, so they, they they have no defense at the same time. Fuck. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. It's one of the best ways to help the podcast. It gets uh, it out there more so people can find it better. Uh, leave a rating. It follow, does the same thing. Follow us on OnlyFans. Yeah, totally. Maybe in the future. Yeah? <laughs> wink, wink. I'm winking. You can't see it. 
Um, so yeah, um, make sure you follow me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Wong Podcast. Uh, just tell your friends about the show, share us around, and uh, yeah, have a good one. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric. I'm Zach. Take it easy.